Welcome everyone to the 360 Insights Conversation. With me today is Jeff Cates, Chief Executive Officer of Achievers. Several weeks ago, Jeff and I were introduced and had a very interesting conversation around the philosophy and principles behind employee recognition, which Achievers software drives. What's the compelling rationale to recognize employees with intentionality, invest and invest in the software to do so? These are some of the questions that we explored last time and we decided to schedule a video cast to uh, revisit these and other ideas. Jeff, welcome. Why okay. don't you give us a little more context, uh, just a little bit um, as to what Achievers does and we'll take it from there. Sound good? Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, uh, well Achievers is um, predominantly in the recognition, reward and voice of employee categories. But um, if we anchor kind of in, in our macro, our goal is to change the way the world works. And what we mean by that is we're trying to make a meaningful difference in the greater than 70% of employees that are not fully engaged. And there's lots of ways to do that, right? There's lots of things that drive engagement, but the core things we anchor around is creating a sense of belonging in the organization, belongingness, connectedness, and how do we build better people leaders? So everything we do anchors around those things, belongingness, connectedness, better people leaders. Um, so recognition happens to be one of the most impactful things that managers can do or employees can do for that matter to create a sense of belongingness and connectedness. Where we're, where we're focused is those core things of driving behavior through things like recognition, through uh, voice of employee that provides insights and then drives actions that leaders will take that will drive the employee experience um, and use technology to nudge that behavior, to oil, oil the gears, if you will, yeah. um, is what we're all about. Essentially, we're at the intersection of workforce science, behavioral science, um, and technology with kind of data in the in the center. That's really interesting and, and, and that's a lot. Uh, so a few things that come to mind. First of all, employee recognition sounds to me um, as if employee recognition is as good a place to start as any and, and, and perhaps perhaps the best place to start if an organization has that sort of that moment of realization where you know what? we should pay more attention to our employer culture. We want to improve this employer culture. We have this, so you have that 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 impetus of, of wanting to get better at that as an organization, which is always a positive thing. Uh, would you say that employee recognition is probably the best place to start? Um, um, I, I don't yeah. wanna put words in anyone's mouth, but. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting in terms of big swings of the industry over the decades, you know, voice of employee kind of really started to get in vogue in the. 80s, certainly in the 90s. Um, by the 2000s, it became like, you know, if you if you're not tracking voice of employee to some extent, um, you're 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 not aligned with good business management practices because at that time there was lots of data coming out saying higher engagement equals higher profitability, revenue, customer sad, etc. Um, and that's continued to build momentum. Um, and the trend has become like an annual or or every two year survey does not actually drive any change. You're measuring something way after the fact. Um, now what's happening is, so, so now you're getting much more frequent like polling and 
um, right, the, the rise of the quarterly um, pulse is, is the natural evolution. And that's great. That's a measuring stuff at the end. But if you look below VOE, below voice of employee, what really, what really drives engagement or recognition? Like I'm, I'm re, you know, I'm, I'm rewarded for the things I do. I'm recognized for, for my efforts. Um, both, first of all, most importantly, from the manager, then from the superior above the manager or the CEO, you know, CEO, depending on the organizational structure, and then peers. All three matter, but they're in that order. The data will show that they're in that order. Um, and so, what, what the next evolution I think is like peeling the onion back below the voice of employee and really anchoring around like what energy can we put in that truly is going to move the needle? And there's some basics. Recognition matters. One-on-one -on -one meetings matter. Like there's a core set that, man, if you can just like get really good at doing that, you can drive much better productivity, much better performance, much better culture as a result. What kind of things does Achievers technology do to facilitate that interaction and recognition? Yeah, so what's core, you know, so so before, I'll just talk talk a little, how the, the, the categories evolved. Sure. So um, the category evolved predominantly around rewarding things like years of service, right? You know, back in the 70s, 80s, when it was all about, you know, long lifetime, um, uh, you know, retaining employees for long periods of time. Um, and that kind of started to change in the in the 90s and the 2000s. It was like, look, we recognize that attrition is a thing and people are moving, especially as things, as, as technology becomes more prevalent. Um, and so it's about ensuring that um, you are rewarding real-time behavior and not putting all your emphasis on, you know, have you been here 10 years and you get a watch? Oh, and right, so, right. Milestones. Sorry to interrupt, but but as yes. opposed to arbitrary milestones, right? because those are arbitrary, even though they, they seem set in stone, they're sort of arbitrary as opposed to really having that happen in real time in the moment when it matters most. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure they're necessarily arbitrary, but they're just it's, it's it, those are good things to do. It's not it is not a bad thing to recognize a one year, a five year, a 10 year or whatever, but it, it, it's not behavior changing. Right? It's not really yeah. behavior changing. It's a nice thing to do. It's a good thing to do. People like it, but it's not behavior changing mm. behavior changing. Um, you know, maybe you would say the reward in the form of a bonus at the end of the year is, is behavior. Well, okay, yes, it is to some extent. It's a guiding light. People think about it, but mm -hmm. it's not day-to-day -day behavior changing. Day-to-day -day behavior changing is when you have like a daily or a weekly like positive reinforcement for how you're performing a job or what you're driving. And that's been the evolution of the category. It went from rewards that were largely about pins, pens, and trophies, and then it became more around like rewarding in a more personalized, frequent way. And then it's kind of shifted to like, what really matters is the recognition, which may or may not have some sort of monetary component. And so organizations are saying, look, we're spending all this money in often cases on these things that actually don't drive real behavior. And yeah. so take money away from these things that don't really drive right behavior and reallocate them to real behavior changing 
you know, recognition. Um, and that's, that's amazing to see that evolution. You know, what's interesting it, 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 what you just said made me think of something because there's all sorts of, there's been chatter and, and data flying around studies for a long time around, you know, what really motivates employees and, and obviously you have to pay them, uh, but there's, 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 there are limitations to, you know, paying them more, you know, at some, at some point, it's not necessarily that motivating factor, just like you mentioned, right? Um, now you, you talking about this idea of the behavior changing day-to-day -day actions, which are, which are outside of that, the different types of activities, right? It occurred to me that, you know, one can't really exist without the other. So, so for instance, if you had, let's say that you, well, I guess let me let me ask you that just as a uh, maybe even a caricature of a of an example, right? Just to just for just for the sake of this conversation, let's say that you have an organization that really can't pay its employees that much. Maybe it's a nonprofit, and and most of its employees are, you know, they they're they're on board with the mission. Maybe they're there because they really believe in the mission. So maybe we have some motivation there already. Um, to what extent can day to day behavioral changing um, actions um, be a counterweight to to possibly you know fairly low pay? Uh, very much so. Um, you know, you you will join a company um, and you will join with a salary, and you either join or you don't join, right? Yeah. Uh, so so. If you chose that salary and you join the company, you probably join the company for a reason. It could be mission, it could be team, it could be role, like experience you want, but you join that. Now, over time, you might get some sort of um, some sort of concern around salary. Maybe you found out what somebody else was getting paid. Maybe a headhunter called you. So for sure, at some point, you might get some sort of inequity there that starts to preoccupy your thoughts. But most people don't wake up in the morning thinking like, I'm really upset because I don't get paid enough. What they, they, they get worried about is like my manager isn't seeing what I'm doing or I just worked my butt off for this and nobody saw it or recognized it. I mean, that's that's where you really kind of you get um, angst within an organization. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, of course, you've got to attract people into your organization with the right pay and you, you need to keep that somewhat competitive. But in reality, most of the real energy, positive energy and negative energy is more around the day-to-day -day interactions and the feedback and the recognition you're getting. So yes, you're, you're pro you will find that organizations that have high recognition have much higher engagement and have much lower attrition, right? We've proven that. Organizations like Kellogg's have looked at managers that recognize more mm -hmm. and their attrition rate, employee attrition rate versus others, that it's significantly lower. And so that tells you that, that 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 high active usage of a manager recognizing people is creating a better sense of, of well, it's, it's largely belongingness and connectedness in the organization or job satisfaction. That means that they're not spending time thinking like, well, I'm not getting paid enough for this. So for sure, you can get a better bang for your compensation buck if you're putting energy towards the things that truly drive um, behavior changing and emotionally charged, um, positively emotionally charged environments versus just relying on, I need to increase the salary at the end of the year. It's that's such a blunt exercise and it's really not, it's not really where um, people, people's behavior is really anchored on. Until it, gets, yes. until it gets really knocked off, then it might. 
but <laughs> in, in most cases, that's not the case. Uh, this, I mean, this is this is really illuminating, and it really hits hits the nail on the head around some. You know, there is some go to default thinking around what's going to motivate employees versus what what really what the science says does, and and and, and it's so important to get to clarify that uh, for the market. And, and you know what's interesting? We're we're getting into this idea of what, how do you how do you um, uh, justify uh, the value? How do you justify the uh, the value in investing in an employee recognition um, software specifically? So, so this might be a little bit of a bigger conversation, but let's let's tackle this. So, so one, there is employee recognition happening most of the time in most organizations, but it's it's sort of organic, and some organizations it's happening more than in others. Uh, you know, there's probably some percentage of empl of employers where it's barely happening at all, right? But there's sort of these, uno these unofficial, um, just organically uh, surfacing channels of, of employee recognition. Uh, we're actually talking about two things, but so one, how do you, how do you go to an organization and tell them, hey, um, this is already happening at your organization. It would be worth your while. It would be you know, justifiable from a, from a financial standpoint, right? To, I think what we discussed earlier was systematizing the employee recognition. And how do you go into that conversation? How do you, how do you sort of make the case uh, for bringing order to the employee recognition? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. It's you know, if you ask an HR leader and and most business leaders, most business leaders, they'll say. Like we know what great looks like in this, it, and it doesn't have to be digitized. It it can be gift, you know. It can be like I I signed a card, and the you know at the birthday, you know, we all sign the card at the town hall. We recognize people for their, you know, there there are lots of ways to show recognition, um, but they take energy. Um, they're particularly hard to do many of those other things non-digitized when you're in a remote work work environment. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I no longer it's not easy for me to pass a gift card or a, a birthday card around or. A, um, and so uh, and it's tough to measure those things. Right. It's tough to see that um, you're um, driving consistency and best practices. Mm -hmm. And so essentially what we're saying is like, you know, what great looks like because you see it from the people leaders and you can tell because you can look at their employee engagement scores and you know that they're the better people leaders. And it's not it's not hard to see how they show up and why. Right. Mm -hmm. What a recognition system does, a platform does, it is enable it enables you to actually be able to track like measure. Yeah. Um, are the are the managers um, recognizing are the execs recognizing it enables you to see the quality like hey when you recognize that way that's not very meaningful um, it allows you to look at diversity are we recognizing some pockets of employees versus others um, and it enables you to coach and it removes a lot of the friction that might get in the way of actually recognizing right if, if it's hard to send the birthday card around or the anniversary card or the like, hey, we just won this deal. Let's you know bring everybody together. Then it's less likely to happen. A platform brings all those things together. Measurable. You can actually coach on it. 
um, and you're removing the friction. So that's that's the core of what you're saying is a digitized platform for recognition enables you to bring these together and be more purposeful and impactful. Right. What normally happens is it usually comes from either one of two things. It will come from the voice of employee survey and somebody says, wow, recognition's off. Hey, somebody in HR, can you go figure that out and go fix that? And they're like, oh, recognition's off, we should get a recognition platform. Cool, that's great, no, no problem, we'll take that. Um, the other will often come from reward. They'll say like, look, we got people out buying gift cards from CBS and you know they're buying it on their credit card and this is like a you know fraud you know waiting to happen. Um, and we're spending money all over these places and we really don't think we're getting our money for, for our reward. And that also is a benefit of a consolidated reward platform. Okay. And then they and then they start looking at like recognition as part of a reward platform. Those are your two probably like on ramps, if you will, in the category. The third is any HR leader that has had a recognition program, or often a CEO that's had a recognition program, moves to another company and like, oh my gosh, how could we operate without it? Those are the three yeah. three entries. So that's that that's what we kind of anchor around is like, look, if you're looking to consolidate reward platforms to, and get more bang for your buck, we try to explain that and quantify it. If you're looking to consolidate around recognition, like actually driving a culture of recognition, how do you create a culture of recognition? And and of course, we'll look for executives that already have seen the power of a platform yeah. and say, right, now let's bring that to your new company because you know how powerful it is in terms of driving culture. That's smart um, because there's so much, so many, so many different things in what you just described and explained so so one is this idea that and it feeds into the building leaders the, the piece of uh, of your so of your solution which identifying people who have those people leader skills right and and i think that's what you're getting so much of the culture comes well really the culture originates in the leaders of the organization it, it's occurred to me um thinking about this over time it really does the the leader is really sort of that that origin of the culture so much so much emanates from the leader in terms of what the organizational uh, culture is it could be you know whatever that person is it kind of manifests in the organization and there are other factors at play but it's so much of it hinges on the leaders right so it's very interesting that that um it makes so much sense it's smart that uh that leaders that already get it uh, would want this. Another thing that's really interesting about what you said, though, is you know thinking about employee recognition. Um, before you and I spoke, um, it wouldn't necessarily have occurred to me that there's an efficiency play there, but there is. You know, mm -hmm. there, and and that's super smart. So if you have if you have an organization that so there's a building block. You have that organization that first it understands that employee recognition is important, probably coming from that leader that is uh, that's on board with the idea. Now that leader sees the, and this gets in the concrete versus abstract HCM, which uh, we've been talking a lot about, um, talking a lot about at 360 Insights. There's there's actually a concrete aspect to employee recognition around efficiency once the abstraction of the, the 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 notion that hey employee recognition we need to have this is 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 there that it's 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 agreed upon right so that that's really interesting to me uh, mm -hmm. just some 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 observations yeah really what you're seeing in in the hr space um i mean arguably hr is the last dominion 
um, to to go, well, maybe legal as well, um, that are going through this digitization process, right? Like marketing went through it a long time ago, where you know it's actually you know it's not there. Sure, there's an element of art. There's an element of art, but it's largely science now, right? We, we, we make smart decisions around where we're investing. We track, track, track. We optimize, we test and learn. It's digitized. Um, HR has, has been kind of this, you know, softer discipline of art. But now what's happening is we're, we're digitizing those processes so we can actually really start to break things down, leading lagging indicators. Like if attrition is the output, well, then like what caused attrition? And we're working our way back to look at like what truly happened, what behaviors truly drive the outcomes that we're looking for. Um, and so that, you know, recognition, it just happens to be a beautiful place to do this because you, you know, with platform, you literally can track, measure, coach, you know, and you can start to use that where we're going with our platform is sure surface insights to the manager real time surface insights to the HR, the HRBP uh, business partner to say, look, you might want to go coach on this for sure. But what we really want to do is start to like then nudge the leader and say, you might have a blind spot here, or yeah. you should consider the following, right? You might want to do this, or we can say like um, using, um, um, using uh, language processing, we can say like, hey, when you say words that way, it won't be as effective. You might want to consider that. And so our goal is to use behavioral science and technology to actually be like nudging the behaviors real time. We're going to put data in front of, of the managers and say, look, you'd be more effective. And here's like, here's how you know that. Now let's explain. You know, that's compelling reason. Oh, OK, that, I want that output. Great. Now let's teach you why. And then let, let's actually give you practical experience where possible to say you'd be better to word it this way. Right. And if we can do that, we no longer have to have HRBPs have to become the coaches or even the managers of the managers of the managers becoming coaching. The technology can be actually guiding on the behavior and nudging real time, you know, without having to send people off to classes, uh, you know, to, to learn. Right. We can actually guide the right behavior that that will be what great will look like. Not only in this category, but when you cascade it beyond into other areas around people leadership, where tech, HR um, call it HR tech can play a role, we've got to be we've got to be coaching real time, nudging real time. That's how you make a movement. Um, yeah, and you know what? That's interesting. It also gets to the um, really to the crux of why the data is so important, right? You know, because you have an organization that has. Let's say you have you know have all the uh, the raw ingredients in place for for uh, for a positive employer culture. You have a leader that's that it's a great leader, understands that uh, that this is important, cares about his or her people, right, and all that. But nobody's perfect. Everybody can get better at being a leader, and using that data to inform the analytics that provide sort of almost a um, a leadership prosthetic a prosthetic for the leader to be even better at that. And so that's really interesting is is you wouldn't think of, well, look at it another way, right? Everybody thinks of employee recognition as being, so it's, it's unidirectional maybe, right? It comes from leadership and it flows to the employees and and that's all positive, right? But there's actually a feedback loop. It's actually 
feeding information back to leadership as well, and the data makes it possible. Yeah, you know, a couple of thoughts is, um, one, if you really want to create a culture of, of gratitude and recognition, another way to say that is I want to create a culture of positive reinforcement guiding towards values and towards behaviors and outcomes you want. You can say it either way. I want culture, cultural gratitude and recognition, or I want to positive reinforce the values and the productivity I want. Either of them, the same thing, one's below the other. Um, you then you don't want you don't want you know it's passed down that's reward mechanism mindset what yes for sure people managers need to be recognizing real time again the data shows that that's super super impactful then you want the people above recognizing that's for career progression and a variety of other things um so that's important too but it is important to have peer-to-peer it is you stayed last night and you helped me it is the um like I recognize that um, you didn't have to help me onboard that way, but you did. That is peer-to-peer coaching, peer-to-peer positive reinforcement feedback. So you really want a culture that has that positive reinforcement as much as you can anchored around the value system, right? How you operate as much as you can um, because that's that's what that's what builds a culture of productivity or culture of performance, yeah. The, the other thought is, you know, much like marketing, you know, as we as we look at how do we drive behaviors, how do we drive thinking, um, uh, the more we can personalize that content to you. Think Facebook, think LinkedIn, right? Yeah. The more we know, like, what you're interested in, um, what you're interested in right now, um, and the way we can. Uh, deliver that to you in a way that would be meaningful to you, the more likely we are to get you to take action, right? So marketing is like leading in this space. Well, that is the next evolution, I think, of nudging um, and and personalizing in this space too. If I know that Brent's behavioral style is the following, you know, Brent prefers um, recognition over reward. His love language is, you know, recognition over reward. And he prefers um, uh, public over private. And he prefers team over individual. Then then I can now, like, if I knew that about you and I thought about it, then I would write something that would be tailored to that, right? And I would put the private setting on or offsetting. I'd recognize a group versus if I knew that. But I don't always think about that. And I may not actually have thought about that with you. I'm, I just think, hey, you think the way I think. So yeah. the more we can inject that actually personalized behavioral knowledge yeah. of this t- types of this types this person's behavioral style is the following, and we can translate that into actions, whether that's recognition or that's how I have a one-on-one engagement with you, the more we actually make it much easier to create that sense of belongingness, connectedness um, between the people leader and and the individuals below or between the other leaders and them below, right? So I'm I'm really excited where this industry will go as we're able to use things like behavioral models to hyper-personalize insights and nudges to drive belongingness it's it's super exciting space it is exciting by the way you you described me to a t just (laughs) (laughs) but but you know what it's interesting what you're saying it goes back again to those that prosthetic for the leader you have a leader that has that positive uh impulse to want to engage 
in a positive way with that employee, but may have sort of a, a, um, a, a flawed um, understanding of how, of how to approach that employee, right? Yeah. And so you have this data that helps to, um, to, uh, helps to inform that, that activity so that uh, ahead of time so that it can be as, um, as, as effective as possible. And this actually gets into the behavioral science and all that, but, but also this gets into, uh, you mentioned NLP earlier, Right. And in NLP being, you know, uh, kind of artificial intelligence, I know that it's, it falls under that category of it, at least for now, not necessarily yeah. being true artificial intelligence. Yeah. But but let's can we just hit on that just for a little bit? Because I'm, I'm curious, how do you see AI um, uh, bolstering employee recognition? Yeah, so you're you're. Big areas where I think it will make a meaningful difference. Well, let me start where, where it is today. Um, you see, let's take let's take NLP. Um, you see natural language processing solving core problems that people have. Usually, it's there's a massive amount of qualitative data, and you're trying to shrink it down, right? So um, it was used for sex purposes, right? Looking at MPS surveys and trying to you know, bring out the core themes out of it. And now that's being applied to employee engagement. If you have a large organization, you get a lot of qualitative feedback in your engagement score and you're trying to like bring that down and pull out the key insights. So that, that's been the, like I'd say the largest area that we've really seen um, that use because it's a real problem. Um, and now like where we'll evolve to is using that, um, using NLP more to be able to look at an input or out, I'll call that the performance management report. Engagements where it's digitized and you can track it. And then the NLP can actually look at that and it can guide on it. It can say, hey, this wasn't a good, you know, this wasn't the right way to say something um, after the fact, maybe, you know, for, um, think about, Think about what you now see in sales coaching. You know, you'll turn on an app app that's tracking how much did how time how much time did you talk versus the customer talk? What words did you use? How many times did you mention the following? Right. Well, it's the same kind of thing for um, now looking post past tense at the experience between the manager and the employee. Where it will then evolve to is actually real time nudging. You know, it's one thing to wait and after the fact say, hey, you should have done the performance management differently to real like real time be able to nudge on like hey before you write that you might want to write it this way or whether it be you know any sort of digit digitized connections so i think that's where it will go to is it's it's moving from solving the real problem of aggregating and then it goes to a helping to actually track for coaching track for coaching purposes and then it will evolve to like actually managing real-time behavior so you don't even have to coach on it because it's coaching real time um which is which is really exciting um yeah. then you'll see more I'm sure it's necessarily artificial intelligence, but there's a lot more room around better um, predictive analytics um, that, that will will then kind of shape again more nudging of like, hey, we think we're going to have a problem in this area. Let's call it attrition, or maybe mm -hmm. we have a customer sat problem. When so we have a customer sat problem, why do we have a customer sat problem? You you work back and you'll be connecting different data points like your recognition system, maybe your HRS system, maybe um, maybe your CA be looking at that to see where there's correlations um, and using that to identify behaviors 
across those systems, if you look at the, what behaviors are actually going to nudge the right outcomes. So, so going back to recognition, for example, there's data to show that companies that or stores that have higher um, recognition have higher CSAT scores. So companies that have taken their, their CX platform and they've taken their recognition platform and they've mapped that data together and they say, look, you know, there is this correlation. They really know that. Now, how can you actually use the technology to be nudging? Where do you have managers or employees where you need to actively coach to improve that? You improve that and then you should, you know, hypothetically see the same kind of outcomes in terms of the customer experience they're going to have. Not solely, of course, it requires other things, but we know these things are, are tightly linked. So you can actually pinpoint, let's go pay attention there. And and you mentioned, I think I heard you say stores. So you're, you're talking, uh, did you, did I hear you correctly? You said stores? Yeah, I'm just giving yeah. an example. The retail like, space. Example, yeah, super, super retail group, for example, they did yeah. an analysis and they looked for, for their, you know, for their environment, they looked at recognition to um, store uh, customer satisfaction at store level. Yeah. Others have done that too. They've looked at restaurants, same thing, restaurants. Restaurants that have high active usage of, of recognition, you know, lot, lots of recognition sent, have higher um, uh, store performance and higher stores. Yeah, and, and you know what? It, it makes a lot of sense. But but sometimes you have to have that that data in place to uh, to to really um, uh, convince uh, the the larger you know the larger um, population. And you know what's interesting that actually fits in with, and I think we're we're running close to um, to the end of our time. But you know that that fits in with the service profit chain, which I I think is a concept that uh, was espoused on Harvard Business Review. Uh, several years back, this idea that the more engaged your floor staff is in the retail space, and of course, you know, the restaurant space being a close cousin to that and all of that hospitality, the more engaged that your employee, that your workforce is, the happier. Um, the, the more engaged or apt to return uh, to your, to your, um, comp to your, to your store for more business will be your customers. I, I totally mangled the way I said that, but, but I think uh, everybody is probably clear. Um, yeah, so there, there's definitely a symbiosis there. It makes a lot of sense. You, you know, if you're going to have disengaged or unhappy floor staff, then, you know, that vibe is definitely going to, is definitely going to uh, be sensed by, by the clientele and you're going to have some trouble there. It, you know, what's interesting also is what you're talking about is, you talked about uh, a culture of recognition and gratitude, or you can call it uh, a culture that reinforces our mission and drives productivity, right? And those, it's funny that that um, you have folks that will think of those, think of one or the other, and 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 I think what we're talking about today is that they're actually there, they they completely, you know, they they feed each other, you know, it's you can't have one without the other, and. And and it's almost hokey to say so, but but I will say that that again goes back to concrete and abstract HCM. You know the the concrete objectives of the or just concrete and abstract for business, right? The concrete objectives are to reinforce the mission and drive productivity, right? Uh, but but you can't have that without without um, uh, appreciating, respecting, and in in practicing um, a, a culture of uh, of appreciation and gratitude, of um, uh, appreciated 
recognition and gratitude, excuse me. Yeah, oh, it's really interesting stuff, Jeff. To it. Recognition in particular is so important for how you actually drive behavior and actions. If it is so important, then you want to have a scalable way to measure it, to um, manage it, and to positively reinforce it. And if you can do that, it's arguably one of the most important things you can do to actually drive business success. Mm. It's critical. Yeah. But say it's the more that we're able to connect these things together and actually get hard facts on this causes this, which causes this, the more that the category will develop and it will be considered like, you know, how could you operate an organization without it? It's still in its infancy of being able to bring those those data correlations together um, so people can really see that and build the business case. And that that's really what's in front of us um, as uh, as leaders in the industry. How do we help create that awareness for um, why it's just just so mission critical to um, build build your culture, build your people management practice around a system that allows you to scale that and do all those things. It's a worthy charter, yeah. Uh, and I think you put it just really well. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a fantastic conversation. Uh, learned a lot. It's very interesting to me. Uh, thank you so much. And um, right. and have a, have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for the opportunity, Brent. Take care. Bye-bye.